Hello and welcome to episode 165 of the Live to Walk Again podcast. My name is Jeremy Dixon, your host as always. With me today, I mean, this is just becoming the, the new regular. It's, uh, it's Ricardo Benavides. Hey, Jeremy, how you doing? I'm good, I'm good. Brandon is nowhere to be found. I'm missing the guy. I mean, he never answers my calls anymore either, man. I don't think I've like spoken with him other than when he's been here and... Well, I think it might be you're sporting that beard, and he likes clean-shaven guys. Could be. Yeah. Could be. Uh, I don't know about that, but uh, <laughs> you, know, you might be onto something, Ricardo. Yeah. Might need but it's a good-looking some. beard, though. I mean, yeah, it's getting a little out of control. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, anyway, man, how uh, how was your 4th of July? It was uh, quiet. But noisy all at the same time. We didn't yeah. light off any fireworks, but uh, I think uh, the rest of the neighborhood didn't get the memo that they're not allowed within the city limits. So it was uh, pretty noisy till about 2.30 in the morning when two houses down the block caught on fire. I think that's when oh. things stopped. So Okay. Yeah, and then there was a two-acre fire a quarter mile away. And I think people thought, well, maybe this isn't a good idea. Yeah, that's... Uh that's a little risky, uh, risky situation. Going yeah, exactly. On yeah, uh, yeah. And I woke up with uh, little parachutes all over in my backyard with little firecrackers attached oh, to them. Man. I'm like, geez. Yeah. Well, hopefully everybody out there uh, had a, a safe and sane Fourth uh, of July. And yeah, you know, at least safe, even if it was insane. Yeah. So. Maybe, maybe safe and insane. Who knows. But uh, if you could like, rate, review, all that good stuff, share this podcast, we would really appreciate your help um, just in spreading the word, man. We're trying to trying to find a cure for paralysis here. Yeah, and share some great stories along the way. And share some great stories, that, that is for sure. Uh, you know, my 4th of July, Ricardo, out here on the lake was pretty fun. Uh, the people, there, there's some... There's some uh, rich whites that live on the other side of the lake from me, and they like to spend money on Fourth of July. And they go, and these people must have spent like thirty thousand dollars on fireworks. It was the most insane fireworks show I've ever seen. Like even like I mean I've been to like the downtown Seattle fireworks shows before, and like the stuff around Olympia. Like it's nothing compared to what these people do. Oh really? They float three docks out into the middle of the lake and have it all wired up and yeah it's just it was insane well maybe the city of everett should hire those guys oh yeah because yeah. <laughs> the city of everett um i guess they had their fireworks uh canceled because the company they hired had two computers that went tits up on them so wow <laughs> yeah. yeah i did i did <laughs> see something about that on the news yeah. that's pretty pretty nuts but Anyway, well, um, well, I'm glad you had a good time. Yeah, I did. It, man. Nothing we, blew your way. No, I, the my the neighbors between me and the lake, they have a uh, they had a huge party, and some for some reason they decided to come out between our houses and start lighting fireworks off instead of lighting them off towards out by the, the lake. lake. <laughs> and uh, yeah, they one of them, a couple of them. Uh, seemed to go awry and up into the trees and then up over my house and so we were like hey why don't we go on the other side of the house guys thank you but no other than that yeah everything was good man we had a great time had a little barbecue some friends over um yeah it was a good time was beardo over he was here nice yes 
Yes, sir. Um, but yeah, so Ricardo, we've got a fantastic one of my favorite guests that you know when I get to get to visit with uh, Art Renowitzki is always a good time. Um, we got just had a little catch up. I mean, he had he had like a free thirty minutes before he had to be he had to leave to go to practice for the Golden State Road Warriors, uh, who are the defending national champions. Champions, yeah. In the uh, National Wheelchair Basketball salute to him and the the rest of the team. Sounds like they're they're pretty stacked. So just like the uh, Warriors from a few years ago. So it's a great conversation that you had with him. Yeah, well, uh, you know, let's just get to that now that we've uh, carried on about Fourth of July for the last five minutes. And uh, you know, yeah, everybody check out Art. Um, great guy, great great story, great uh, things that he's doing. Campaign to, to stop senseless gun violence, which you know, it really hits home because you know we just had Paul Allen on last week who was shot six times. You know, it's a, that's one of the leading causes of spinal cord injuries is gunshot wounds. So, um, yeah, everybody check check out the uh, conversation. We will talk to you on the other side. Sounds good. All right, this week on the Live to Walk Again podcast, we are so excited to have back one of our favorite guests. Uh, you guys all know him. He's the founder and executive director of the Life Goes On Foundation. Uh, he's a gunshot survivor, suffered a spinal cord injury because of that. And now we can add uh, National Wheelchair Basketball Association National Champion onto that list. Uh, Art Renowitzki, man, welcome back to the show. How you doing, bro? I'm doing good, man. I'm doing good. Thanks for having me, bro. I really appreciate it. And uh, big supporter, you know, big fan of all the work that you're doing with the pod. And uh, man, you've been you've been super busy talking to a lot of people. Uh, from all over the spinal cord injury community, all over, you know, not even just the spinal cord injury community, a lot of people um, out there in the, in the world. So thanks for having me, man. And um, always, always fun to be a guest on, on your show. I appreciate it, man. I do. Uh, yeah, I, you know, I've been wanting to get you on for, for a minute here ever since uh, you guys with the, the Golden State Road Warriors won the uh, national championship this year and the in the NWBA. So what, um, you know, how'd that go, man? How'd your season go like leading up to the playoffs? And then, you know, can't wait to hear just like, you know, how awesome it must've been to win that, that natty, man. Yeah, definitely, man. It was, it was definitely a dream come true to, uh, to ultimately win it, um, this past season, about a month ago now. Um, it was amazing. Uh, from the very beginning of the season, our goal was to win a national championship. Um, you know, I've been heavily recruiting a guy like, you know, Jorge Sanchez to come play with us. He's a great friend of mine who I've known for over a decade. He's been he's been playing overseas. So I knew once we got him, we would be pretty good. Uh, but then we ended up getting Matt Scott, who's a five-time Paralympian, two-time gold medalist. He's regarded as like a LeBron James of, of wheelchair basketball, one, one of the GOATs. And then also um, we ended up getting Brian Bell, which is crazy, who's also a, a gold medalist. So um, we had a stacked team. So our goal immediately was just like it's win or bust. You know, it's like championship or bust. Um, if we don't win the championship, you know, it, it's almost like when KD went to the Warriors, they were super loaded. It was like, you guys have to win this or else it's going to be 
uh, it's not going to be a good look. So we worked really hard all season through practicing and scrimmaging and just listen to our coaching staff and just um, just working hard together to get to know how to play with each other. And then once once we played our first tournament down in L.A., we went 5-0. and I mean, we were blowing – we were beating teams by 20, 30 points. It was uh, – we knew we had something special going. Um, and then, you know, uh, leading up to more tournaments, we went to a tournament down in San Diego, San Diego State, uh, where we played – uh, we ended up going undefeated that one. Uh, we ended up playing New York Knicks, which is the two-time defending champions um, from last year. Had Pat Anderson, Steve Serio, like some of the great wheelchair basketball players of the game. And we ended up beating them by by double digits. So that was pretty exciting. We knew like if we played them and we played well, we could beat them. We definitely be be able to win it all, but we knew we would see them later later on down the line, and um, it just so happens we ended up um, seeing them in the finals this year, and it was and it was quite a uh, it was quite a the best game I've ever been a part of the the energy, just the high level play, the speed of the game, the you know how you had to think very smart through every stretch of the game, every second. It was. It was really a chess match, but also just, you know, being prepared and, and, and having a fast-paced game um, to be able to play with those guys. It was it was awesome to be a part of. That's incredible, man. Yeah, Matt Scott, I've been trying to get this dude on the podcast forever, bro. It's probably why he's the LeBron James this, so I guess that's why, man, he never gets back to me. But hopefully one of these days, man, we'll get him on here too. But, uh, yeah, yeah, man, What? so how does that work, like, with, so how many tournaments do you guys play for like the regular season? And then like, once the playoffs start, um, like how is that kind of broken down? Um, like, as opposed to, you know, like NBA seven game series or whatever. So, um, you know, how many tournaments is it to, I guess, for the regular season and then do all the teams come to every tournament or how does, how does that all work? Yeah. Yeah. So, so we play tournament style, you know, obviously um, the NWBA isn't, isn't like the NBA where it's like totally funded and we would fly to one city to play one game a night type of thing. Um, the way it works for us in the NWBA is that we would fly, have like a West Coast tournament, say in LA, and West Coast teams in the NWBA would fly there. We would play two games a day, maybe even three games a day. Um, so we can get a get in as many games as possible. We usually end up playing around 20 games um, a season. So like um, not including the, not including the playoffs in the championship, but we play like around 20 games and every month, once a month, um, the power rankings come out from the NWBA based on the records. And, you know, we started, I think at four or five, I think four. Oh yeah. We started off at four. Um, in the beginning of the season. Um, and then we eventually, um, right before the national championships, once we beat New York, we w- went up to the first seed going into the national uh, into the national tournament. So, yeah, we play different um, different tournaments. So, say we played five tournaments, we ended up making 20 games. And then from there, we'll go into the national tournament, which this year, it was in Wichita, Kansas. Um, and from there, the top, usually the top 16 teams in the country with the best records 
go in and you play like March Madness style. So one 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 and done. If you one and done. Yeah, okay. Yeah, one and done. Like that doesn't mean you don't stop playing because then you you're playing for seating at that point for you know the end of the year seating, but one and done. Like if you lose a game, you're out of contention for the national championship. Wow. So yeah, so you got to win it's one. It's all on the line then. That that's wild. Yeah, yeah. It's 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 definitely uh definitely. A, a good time, man. An interesting time. It was fun and exciting. We ended up playing um, the San Diego Wolfpack our first game. Uh, we beat them. Then we played. We played our second game. Yeah, our second game. Then we ended up playing um, Florida team, which was consisted of um, a lot of Miami players. Um, we we ended up beating them, um, and then from there. We ended up making it to the finals to playing the New York Knicks wheelchair basketball team. And um, everyone kind of expected that turnout, the one and the two seed, you know, the two best teams in the in the, in the the country go at it. And that's what ended up, you know, going down. And, yeah, man, we ended up winning by three. They had a chance at the buzzer. They got the ball. They shot it wide open three to tie it, tie it up to go try to make it go to OT. It rimmed out, and you know we're national champs after that. So it was man, man. yeah, man. first time, yeah, first time for the Road Warriors to actually win um, in almost twenty years. The last time they won was in two thousand and three. So wow, and what? Yeah. When did the uh, when did the Road Warriors become a franchise? So the Road Warriors have been around since the seventies. Um, oh wow! Yeah, yeah, the Road Warriors have been around for the seven since, since the seventies. So this was. Our third national championship, they won two in 2001 and 2003. Um, and then this is our third one um, in the NWBA. The Dallas Mavericks have got a gang of – they've got the most. They're like the Celtics in the NBA. Okay. Um, also, the New York Knicks have, have a lot of championship wins. Those are the two powerhouses usually. But to bring it back to the West Coast and bring it back, you know, to, to Golden State has been – a goal of mine ever since joining the team and then have it have it done this year has just been an amazing feeling. Wow. Wow, man. I bet all the, the Knicks NBA fans are about to just start rooting for the for the uh NBA, <laughs> NBA NWBA uh Knicks team, man, considering yeah. what we have to deal with. But uh yeah, no, that's awesome. That that's really cool. Art um yeah, congratulations on on the W. Um I know you had sent me a, a little post kind of a about the origins of the uh, wheelchair basketball in general and how they like these dudes back in the day were, were just playing in their regular chairs as opposed to the, you know, the new athletic chairs that, that are so common now in, in all of the adapted sports, uh, you know, like talk about, um, you know, what kind of like those guys and like their, their grind meant to, to what you guys are able to do now. Yeah, it's amazing to see how far the sport has come. You know, um, that was a picture that I sent you of Dave Kylie back in, I think it was 88, 1988. And uh, I talk to my coach about this all the time. My coach, his name is Paul Jackson. He's a Hall of Famer. He was inducted into the NWBA Hall of Fame in 07. And he's been coaching for over four decades now. Um, he's about to be 70, I believe. So he's been coaching for a while, man. And 
the interesting time, interesting thing when I talked to him about is how he explains how, you know, how the game was, how, how long it's, how much it's progressed, but they would literally play in their everyday chairs, fall out of their chairs, get back up, push, like, you know, go full speed. But obviously with new technology, with the amount of effort and, and skill and technology that's put into these new basketball wheelchairs, we're completely strapped in the cambers, you know, great for turning and, and balance and all of that and, and speed, how light these chairs are. Um, you're able to do things that you weren't able to do back in the day, like, you know, to stop on a dime, to get on one wheel and, you know, lay, lay it up with the, you know, one hand layup type of thing and shoot threes and all of these things. Um, it's been incredible to see the, the growth of the game since I first got injured. I got injured about 15 years ago coming up on 16 in December. So even when I started, um, the game has just progressed so much. But, you know, to hear stories back in the day, uh, it's, it's pretty uh, inspiring to see how far we've come. And, you know, the USA Paralympic movement is growing uh, more and more. Uh, more people are starting to catch on to wheelchair basketball. You know, we just had two of our teammates on the Road Warriors, Jorge Sanchez and Brian Bell, just went to world championships in Dubai and win, um, you know, a gold medal um, uh, at the Dubai World Trade Center in the in the World Championship Games. So that was pretty exciting to watch. And, you know, it's just continuing to grow. They're even starting a three-on-three -three USA wheelchair basketball. They're trying to get that out there as well because they now have a three-on-three, -three, uh, you know, men's basketball, you know, uh, in the Olympics. I think Jimmer Fredette was recently a part of that that last team. So they want to do the same thing for wheelchair basketball, which it's fun, man. I just played three on three, and one of the it's the biggest three on three uh, wheelchair basketball tournament in the world um, down in Dallas, Texas, with DK, and um, that was amazing to have you know twenty five teams, seventy five of the best players in, around play come play wheelchair basketball and compete for fifteen grand. It was it was a pretty fun experience, man, and. Um, I think if they could get that onto the Paralympic uh, circuit, um, it would be, you know, even more exciting and help grow the sport of uh, adaptive sports and, you know, people in our positions more. Yeah, no doubt. No doubt. I mean, and that must have been a, you know, a huge honor being one of the 75 people that gets, you know, picked to go down to, uh, to, to uh, Dallas or you said it was in Dallas, right? Yeah, yeah, it was in uh, Florida, Dallas, yeah, Arlington, Texas. It was held okay. at UTA. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, that must have been a hell of an honor to get, get be be singled out to be able to go down and, and participate in that. Mm. Um, no, definitely, definitely. Yeah, and then, you know, I know that you mentioned that one, I forget what you said his name was, that one of the guys that was playing overseas uh, and then came in and joined up with you guys this year. What was his name again? Jorge Sanchez. Sanchez so how yep. like what what other countries have uh wheelchair basketball leagues around you know that were around the world I mean is it pretty much all over Europe kind of like the like uh you know able-bodied basketball leagues like how you hear like the Euro League and you know I know they play in China quite a bit too yeah 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 Europe is is um the one that has, you know, the, the biggest professional league where a lot of the players from the USA, the best players go overseas to play in Europe to get, you know, paid contracts and things like that. Um, they have the Euro Cup, you know, for wheelchair basketball out there. That's where they have big sponsors. And 
you know, fans and, and they're playing, you know, big stadium stuff like that. That's pretty cool. But uh, they also have leagues in Australia. Um, you know, they have wheelchair basketball leagues, I believe, in China, Japan. is Japan is actually growing a lot um, in wheelchair basketball. Um, you know, so uh, even in, you know, um, all across the, the world, really, wheelchair basketball is growing. But Europe is the biggest to go play uh, professionally overseas. It's cool, though, because a lot of the players, I mean, even the NWA this year, in the finals this year, I mean, you had Pat Patrick Anderson, who's regarded as the the GOAT of wheelchair basketball. A lot of people call him the GOAT and one of the best players to play. Um, Steve Sirio, who's the captain of the USA team. Jorge Sanchez was in that game. Brian Bell, Matt Scott, like um, a lot of other um, Paralympians that played for Team Canada, played on New York. Um, you know, Chuck Gill, who played on the Road Warriors, plays on the Road Warriors as our captain, has played, you know, with Team USA. So there's a lot of amazing players in the NWBA as well. But to get it, you know, um, monetized and, and to get really paid, you have to really go overseas in, in Europe to uh, to get that that type of experience. I got you. Um, yeah. yeah, you know, I remember, I don't know if it was last summer or the summer before, whenever the the Paralympics was the last time um, they I, I happened to go to a, a sports bar like a local sports bar here in Olympia with with a friend of mine and mm. we were just having a beer and like you know BS and whatever and uh, like one TV had the like the gold medal game for the for the wheelchair basketball and yeah, there was like a couple baseball games on other TVs but everybody was watching this one TV with the with the wheelchair basketball on. Finally, they just turned all the TVs over to that, and people were going nuts. So it's you know, it's an exciting sport, man. Like um, that's the thing. Like it, you you get you get caught up in it quick. So I'm glad yeah. to, glad yeah. to see you guys kind of, you you guys doing well with the Road Warriors and the you know just the fact that how much it's growing around the world is is amazing. So yeah, definitely, definitely. Yeah, I sent you a link to where it shows our championship run. Um, so okay. whenever you get a chance, check it out and you'll be able to, I don't know, maybe if you're able to link it up in the, in a pod too, or some way that that'd be pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. I'll uh, attach it to the show notes or something for sure. Um, yeah, and I know you, 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 you don't have a whole lot of time with us today. You got to get to practice. Um, and so you guys are already practicing again. Like when, when does the next season start for you, for you all? And um or is this just kind of off-season workouts or how yeah what, what's the what's the timeline for the next season looking like yeah yeah so you know we're partnered with the with the college out here called Chabot College and you know we have access to our gym a couple days a week so um you know we usually, usually just are scrimmaging right now um it's not really any try any kind of training camp or practices okay. um we start up practicing and, and scrimmaging um at the end of August, going into early September. And then um, our first tournament is usually in October. And then it goes like October, November, December, January, February, March. And then that's when the um, the end of March, going into April is when our national championship uh, tournament is. Okay. So nice. It's nice. going to be exciting. Yeah, it's going to be exciting. We're going to do our best to repeat and try to go back to back. Um, do you guys That's have never... most of the same guys coming back for next year then? Uh we're losing um uh two to three players. 
Um, but our team was pretty big. Like we had the biggest team. We had about 16 players on the team last year. So, so, uh, so is it just like guys going to play for other teams, try to get more playing time or just retiring or what's that looking like? Um, one of them is, um, uh, his name is James, uh, James Bonet. He played at, uh, the university of Missouri and he came and, you know, been playing with the road really good player. He's like one of our six men. Um, he's actually going, supposed to be going to Japan um, to be a teacher there and, and teach English out there and um, kind of explore a really smart guy. Um, so he's on the verge of doing that. Another player is actually going to play in Arizona um, to play uh, for the university of Arizona. And, and he has some, he has four years of eligibility to be able to play. So he's going to go do that. Okay. So, um, so yeah, it's uh those are the two players that that may be gone, uh, most likely are gone for sure, gone next year, um, and waiting here back from a player too. But we should have the core mostly back together, and I'm looking forward to it. That's good. That's good, man. Well, you know, switching gears real quick uh, before we let you go, I wanted to just get you know an update on the Life Goes On Foundation. Um, you know, I know like I personally, man, just to give you your flowers, like I would say. I don't know of anybody else that's doing the work that you and, you know, the, the team there at, at Life Goes On Foundation and the LGO teen leaders and all the stuff that you guys are doing to stop senseless gun violence, man. It doesn't seem like anybody else is really doing as much as you guys are. So I want to salute you for that. Um, but, you know, give us an update on the foundation and how things are going. Um, you know, talk about that a little bit. Yeah, man, I appreciate that. I appreciate that. You know, you got to, I appreciate the, you know, showing the the love and the recognition and whatnot. And I want to do the same for you, man. Like you are been on this grind with the podcast for so many years, man. And you keep coming and coming and coming and putting it out there. And it's, it's really gaining a whole lot of awareness um, and, you know, um, doing things to be able to teach people um, in our position, you know, good things to do, bad things to do, things to stay away from, you know, and it's really uh, been a been a key resource uh, in our in our community for for many years now. But yeah, man, uh, life goes on. Foundation, as you know, is is a big part of my life. Um, it's something I started right after my injury 15 years ago. Once I got out of the hospital, and it's something that I'll continue to push. Our mission to you know stop um, senseless gun violence. Um, now people get that mixed up to where like I'm against you know gun ownership or whatnot. It's not the case. Like I'm totally, I'm for it. Um, it's just when you know assault rifles and whatnot, or you know the guns get in the wrong hands, and then you know uh, kids end up getting shot, schools end up getting shot, grocery stores, and you know um, churches. how can we yeah, like churches? You know, just just the most random places that you know that doesn't need to happen. And um, that hits me, you know, I, I feel some type of way every time I see that on the news because I've experienced it. My family's experienced it, my mother, my brothers have, you know, to see their faces and, you know, just from my situation is, you know, that 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 raises uh, concern for me every time I see that on the news and whatnot. So that's why I'm so passionate about it. But, um, you know, in the right hands, you know, to protect your family at home, safe, secure and a nice in a, in a safe spot not against that but it's just when it gets in the wrong hands and that's why with the team leadership program and 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 upbringing our, our youth and teens to know about you know um 
you know, you don't have to go that route, you know, teach, bring in, you know, uh, professionals, talk to them about entrepreneurship, talk to them about health, talk to them about, you know, um, you know, credit and, and ownership and things like that to help them once they get out of high school and go into college and those type of things that are important. But uh, the foundation is going great, man. Uh, I'm loving um, the things that we're doing in the community, the mission that continues to, to keep going. Uh, and, and then also, you know, getting people, another great program is the KRJ Adaptive Athlete Grant, where we get um, up and coming players that are newly injured that want to play sports like wheelchair basketball, but they can't necessarily afford a chair. Um, locally, we're able to meet with them, um, get them sized up for a brand new chair, and then uh, partner with um, my buddies at Performax Wheelchairs in, in Texas to um, send in that order form, pay for it. These chairs are like five, six, seven thousand dollar chairs. So we're able to get them that chair, um, mail it straight to their home. And, you know, then again, I, then, then you know, six months down the road or a year from the road, I'll go to a local uh, wheelchair basketball tournament, a rec league tournament. I'll see them balling. And there's no better joy, Jerry, Jerry than seeing that, man, seeing these guys in chairs playing ball again. I bet, man, that's got to be amazing. Um, and, and I can only imagine that in insurance doesn't pay for a sports wheelchair because I know these guys don't pay for anything they don't have to. So, yeah, yeah, that's amazing that you guys are still doing that, too. And I, I, I did mean to bring that up as well, because I saw you just recently had posted something about uh, getting a, getting another couple guys uh, suited up with those chairs. So that's incredible, yeah. man. And um, yeah, I'm uh, and, you know, it, speaking of the gun violence thing, like our guest last week i had a, a guy on named paul allen from over in the uk um who you know in the uk they don't like guns are super super illegal over there man and he got this guy yeah. got shot like six times and um mm. and yeah just his, his house got got attacked basically and ended up uh yeah getting getting shot in the neck like pretty high man and they his I guess the, the bullet went in and then went down. So it, it, you know, thankfully it, um, instead of making him a high level quadriplegic, he's a, you know, a T3 para, but yeah, man, I mean, it's just ridiculous. The, the, yeah. The, like you said, the senselessness of it all. It's, uh, it's crazy, but yeah. I'm yeah, glad yeah, we you're just started. Grinding. Yeah, man. Yeah. The, um, you sent me his Instagram. I actually went back and uh, that day started following him. He followed back and, um, you know, we're able to keep in touch through there. Uh, but same injury, T3, you know, it's, 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 it's pretty amazing that he wasn't, you know, um, higher injury from getting shot in the neck. Like it's, it's pretty, that could happen, you know, so easily, you know, we, we both know how, how fragile the spinal cord is. Um, but yeah, yeah, he's uh what part of the UK is he from? I think he, he's I think he's in the north of of England now, but he was uh, he's originally from London, so Okay. Gotcha, yeah. gotcha. Yeah, good yeah, dude. Yeah, good dude for sure. Um yeah, you should check that one out. Uh yeah, man, and and you know, last question before I let you go, get get to practice here. Uh Draymond back with the Warriors next year. Man, good question. Um I I'm I'm pretty sure Draymond's back because you know, said it many times like he wants to to ride out. This was his goal. He wants to ride out with the with the with the same guys he rode in with. Yeah. You know I. 
All right, uh, that was Art Renowitzki, Art the Inspiration on Instagram. Uh, you know, he's the uh, founder of the Life Goes On Foundation, and yeah, I, I, you know, I said it in in the interview, Ricardo, but I honestly, man, I don't know anybody else that's doing more um, to like kind of, you know, with the with his he has a youth program uh, with the Life Goes like the Life Goes On uh, Teen Leaders Life Goes On Foundation Teen Leaders program, um, where they're you know instilling in these kids that you know gun violence is not the we need to do away with this stuff so well yeah get involved in something else and he's not anti-gun like you said but he's just like there's life has endless possibilities (laughs) don't 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 end up like me right so yeah 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 and um or don't make somebody end up like me right right yeah, yeah it's just man yeah, he's yeah. such like his uh you know his spirit and just you know his his drive are just infectious um i really yeah i really enjoy like me and him just bs back and forth all the time about basketball and stuff too we had to get a little bit of basketball talk in there um and i know it cut out at the end but he did say he thought draymond green was going back to uh the warriors and that proved prophetic because uh he did resign with the warriors so oh great <laughs> art's ear is to the street I love it. Um, yeah. But well, yeah, so he, you know, I, I just, I salute him and everything he's doing. And, you know, we're, I'm happy for him. He's our, he's our favorite Hooper here on uh, on the podcast. So, yeah, you know, he's a, a real down to earth kind of guy and he doesn't let anything stop him like a number of your guests. Right. So, um, you know, he's taken a tragedy and turned it into um, a lot of good work you know right and doesn't sit back and uh, woe is me and um he's just like you said very inspirational helping kids helping people with through his foundations and his wheelchairs right so um i think it's you know just a all all things good yeah absolutely absolutely and then uh yeah man i'm i'm just i'm excited for what uh what our next few episodes hold too ricardo it's uh we got some good stuff coming up yeah so next week we're gonna have a travel expert to come on and discuss the delta uh i don't know if it's you consider it i guess a transformable seat that can allow a wheelchair to uh pull in there and folks to be able to stay in their in their wheelchairs on an airplane which would be a game changer as far as i'm concerned um, very excited about that. And I don't know if I mentioned on last week's show that I did see on Twitter or something that Delta is actually sharing that um, their designs with other airlines like Virgin Atlantic and a couple of others. So, uh, you know, I think it's going to move quickly, Ricardo, and I'm very excited about it. Yeah, it sounds great. Sounds like it'd be awesome. And then we can get your butt out to uh, Vegas and other places. Yeah, exactly. I can't wait. So, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, because it's because, you know, uh, for a paraplegic, I'm sure moving in and out of a chair is different. You know, I mean, you know, like a chair inside an airplane. But, you mm -hmm. know, your case is, you know, really tough. So, Yeah. yeah, for quadriplegics. So absolutely but you know if it doesn't happen soon we're just gonna have to road trip you you know there we go put you to the roof of the car (laughs) (laughs) bugs in the teeth and something like that yeah but yeah well uh you know i know this is a little bit of a a short and sweet episode today it's a great episode i I love the conversation i mean i love i love talking to art and i think he's uh he's just a great dude it was refreshing um, 
There wasn't yeah. a nothing downer on this yeah. one, right? Absolutely. So, yeah. So absolutely. So yeah, you know, check check out the uh, the interview. Check out art at uh, art the inspiration on Instagram. You can and uh, I'll, I'll put uh, his social media links in the yeah, spe- show notes. And- yeah. Speaking of those social media links, um, you know, Threads. I've been listening to the radio on the way down here, and I guess it's really getting a lot of um, pull from people. So what uh, is? threads you know from uh, through meta through facebook oh yeah 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 and so i don't know if um you're gonna start moving away from twitter and whatnot but yeah. we got to keep up to date on those yeah we do for sure uh but yeah well ricardo man thank you for coming down and being committed to the podcast of course like some people um <laughs> appreciate you we love you brandon yeah come back soon Hope he left some breadcrumbs or something to find his way back. But anyway, uh, yeah, th- that's the show. If you, if you could like, rate, review, and share. And I and like I said last time, Ricardo, I think sharing is, uh, you know, sharing is caring. And, uh, and exactly. I think that, that, means, that means more. If you tell somebody about a good podcast, I think it's more more impactful than, uh, than just liking and, and rating it. So yeah. do those things too, though. But definitely share it. All right, till next week. Thank you.